Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Choices for Impol. It's going to uh, going off the back of obviously NRL finals chat. Uh, that great off the back fence can be with uh, lifestyle focus, stronger, cheaper, spray and go by lifestyle focus. The choice for Impol. Which team is the greatest threat to the Penrith Panthers? Is it the Cowboys, the Sharks, the Eels, the Raiders, or the Rabbitohs? What's your thought, boys? Oh, yeah. For me, oh. I hope I don't stop them, but I'm going to go Cowboys. <laughs> I'm going to go the Cowboys. They've got a, a prelim grand final qualifier at home in Townsville. I think they'll get that one done. And, yeah, I'm going the Cowboys for me, Kimpy. You? Oh, I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to, you have to say. Mate, say I'll the t- one that you... I'll you... tell you what, at the moment, I'm putting a nail in the, I'm putting a nail in the coffin. <laughs> I... I no, I totally agree. I think the way the Cowboys mm. are playing, like I had to think about their side, you know, like their, just their back line, I had a, just mm. a decent think about their back line. Man, they got a good back line. Peter Hiku, mate, did you see that try? <sighs> where yes, he I stood did, up Talakai? It wasn't a try. It was the 30-metre pass from Tomalolo first. I know. He threw a 30-metre, he threw a Wally Lewis cutout pass, which we haven't seen since the, the 80s, and it's hit Peter Hiku on the chest. And he's just gone outside step, inside step, around Talakai, made him look like a chump, and then thrown the dummy and 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 another dummy on the fullback and gone and scored the try. One of the greatest tries of the year, you know, just by the way that it, that, that that played out from Tomalolo through to Hiku. So, mate, their back line you know across the board is very good. Why is that? You know why I said you, that to you, the group, eh? You've done a you've done I an outside that, uh, inside step, eh? <laughs> no, no, no. I sent it. I sent it because obviously Peter Hooker was at the Warriors and he's gone away and probably become one of the best hitters in the competition. You know, like these players that they come they come back to home and they just don't quite kick on and, and you know, they weren't able to have the same he had a pretty good impact, I must say. Like he was pretty solid in the centres for the Warriors. But just when you go when they go away and you just see them having so much success it just all the questions, the water start come flooding back in. And we don't want to go back and talk about the Warriors. We want to just celebrate Peter Hiku, who just, wow, bamboozled Talakai and just got the job done. 
Mate, oh, well, I think the Cowboys will be tough come the playoffs, and I'm expecting them then to be there come the finals footy. But just on last night's game with um, Joseph Sawali, obviously went to fullback, went to fullback and uh, went to Desco, went off. And there was just a few opportunities there, Uncle, where he could have just passed the ball. Mm. So his distribution um, skills. And when you're a young fella and you've got the weight of, of Sydney on your shoulders and you want to do everything possible, you probably lose sight of those opportunities. I just thought last night he held on to the ball probably a few uh, more times than he should have. You, you, you see the same thing I've seen last night. There's opportunities on the outside to let his wingers get away and he just couldn't quite get it away. Well, I don't think it could have played out any better for Suwali going to fullback after all the dramas during the week about his manager saying um, they need to release Tedesco because otherwise you're going to lose Suwali. You know, he's and he's running on the back of the Australian Rugby Union um, talking about signing all these league players um, through through the through to the next World Cup, not this one, but the the one after coming up for Rugby Union. And I thought it played out when Tedesco went off and Suwali went to fullback. I said, well, here you go. Like, you know, if you're meant to replace Tedesco, let's see what you got. Mate, he he isn't Tedesco's left boot at fullback. Mm. You know what I mean? He doesn't carry the football off the ruck. He doesn't get into dummy half. He doesn't support those run lines. And then when he did get caught on the outside a couple of times, like you said, with that ball um, and releasing the players, on on a number of those occasions, if that was Tedesco, he actually beats that, that person's um, standing up and puts the puts the mm. players away. So, yeah, mate. It, it just it, for me, it just I look. I really rate him. I think he's a very very good yeah, footballer. Yeah. Right. But he needs to do more time than that. If you think he can come in, he's the same build as um, the boy at Manly, um, Trebojevic, the fullback at, at Manly. But mate, he's he's if you had Trebojevic over here saying, right, who do you want to play fullback, Trebojevic or Suwali? You pick Trebojevic nine times out of ten. Mm. He's got a long yeah, way to go if he wants to play fullback. Yeah, he's got a lot to lot to learn there, uh, Kempi. I agree. Like hell of a talent, and how, he can't know him better. Like Israel Falau, when he was playing in the NRL, you kick the ball to him, he catches everything. That's what Joseph Suwali uh, adds there on on the wing, and you can see it. It's just uh, he's just got to learn um, when he's committed that player. His when he's mark. committed that player to pass. His mark <laughs> comes through. Is he? His mark. <laughs> shot. Right, no mark. show. All right, Mark. I got yourselves home now. Cut it out. He goes shot. There, no show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kempi, stopping everyone. A shout out to, uh, I want to get into Brett actually. You want to get into Brett? He tagged me in a, in, a, in a tweet over the weekend saying I stopped a couple of his horses. No, I didn't, Brett from Huntley. I didn't stop anything, mate. I had a wee fill up. No, I didn't. I lost, I lost over the weekend. Another wee win to the TAB. Oh, it's been a hard old time on the punt. Anyway, coming up, we're going to talk uh, some more NRL with you, Kempi. We want to open up the phone lines. Talking about that Simbin Sunday, seven seven Simbins, Kempi, and I know you alluded to uh, it is uh, over the weekend. Like it is ruining um, the finals footy, and what's going to be the outcome of this? Is the judiciary going to come through? Are we going to see players banned? Is there going to be players stood down, or will they do what they did to Taylor May and save it to next year because? They want to do it for the fans. Yeah, that's a, they that's, want to do it for the fans. That's the million dollar question. Like Burgess is gone. You know what I mean? Mm. Like that that swinging arm that he had, he's gone. Don't worry about any of the Sydney City boys because they're gone anyway. But Burgess yep. is gone. We, I think uh, Tane Milne on the on the right wing. I think he's gone. That tackle, that first mm. one, he got sent to the Sinbin on uh, Suwali when Suwali went down that left edge. You should have thrown that pass. That's one you're talking about. He's gone. 
You know what I mean? Mm. So South will probably lose a couple of players going into their next game. Burgess was outstanding, mate. Mm. Big the big um, front row, the big pommy front row. He was like stunning, you know. So I think um, he's going to out of out of the two losses, he's probably going to be the big one. But like I said, they don't want Sinbins in finals time. I know, and mm. I, and I know the concussion card is playing out big time in the NRL. At is the there a tackle technique problem? Oh, it was. MP with it, some it, of that? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, like what Jared mm. was doing, like Jared with a head slam, mate. He'll get probably four to six weeks for that. Um, yeah. And a lot of the lot of the tackles, it wasn't the um, so much that the aggression. It was more uh, sorry. It was more around the aggression and the technique because it was all done at speed, and they just wanted mm. to to get out there and 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 win that collision. And of course, mate, they just couldn't stop blowing the whistle. Ashley Klein, they won't have that come um, major semi. They'll, they would be having a conversation this morning with Annesley, and Annesley mm. be saying, "Boys." We do not want to send seven seven kids to the to the sin bin in the major mm. semi. It's just going to turn the game yeah. off. So there's the question, and I'm going to pose it to you. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven seven sin bins. Was it the right decision to make? Ashley Klein, does he have anything to talk about, or is he going to be punished for what unfolded, or is it just player accountability? Because I'll be completely on some of the tackling was poor. Some of the tackling was poor, the technique. So give us a call, 0800-150-811. Simbin Sunday, if you've got anything you want to pose to Kempe or myself, we'd love to hear from you on the Kennard Tire phone line, 0800-150-811. We'll be back shortly. But do you know what I do know? Choices flooring pole, yeah. results. Yeah, yeah. The bunnies. We've got a lot of bunnies fans. Do you want me to do Bunnies? Do you, do you, Mark, do you, Mark, do you... Just call in, Mark. Do you want me to back the bunnies? Because I'm going to back them. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bunnies fan. Back them, Kempi. Back them. I back Go. the bunnies. Yeah, and Cowboys mm. close by. That was a choice of Florian Paul result. See your choice uh, hey, you floor change is, in an instant with room view. Yeah. You know what it is, Joe. It's your it's your one month, mate. It's your one month anniversary, the push up. So we start a new program today. Well, no, actually, it's it's not quite. It's not quite Kim, because I think you said thirty days, didn't you? So That's I right. Do eight press ups in the morning and every evening for uh, thirty days. We're actually currently at twenty five. I think. Oh, five more days. So we'll do it at the end of the week. The end of the week. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I'm still really struggling. I don't know if I'm doing it properly. No, let's don't worry. Just okay. what I tell you: Patience. persevere and be patient. Okay, okay. I trust you. How's fella, your running going? How's your running going? My running's going goodish. I'm I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, but it is punishing, boys. It is punishing. Like I I went for a couple of runs. Um. On Saturday, Sunday, after some nights out, mm. not fun, eh? Like I had a bit of a spew, but um, <laughs> but Thursday, like I would say that I, um, on Wednesday last week I ran uh, seven and a half k, wow. which is pretty good because I started out at three k and I've dropped my uh, average pace by thirty seconds, so I'm definitely on track. I just need to take care of my body. Yeah. We'll Do you know what the key out. is there, Joe? You know what the key is there, and I applaud you for that. Is you got up and ran after a night out. So not when you do that, okay? Yeah. So you, you actually beat the demon there, you got out of bed, and you made a difference. And yes, you, you had a little bit of a sickie there, but that's okay. You sweated it out, and how much better do you feel about yourself, mate? Go out, get the treats. Got to put in the mahi too to, to get rid of those treats. So I'll, com- I'll commend you on that, mate. Well done. UFC 279 delivered. Nothing short of an absolutely absolute drama on the weekend when the main card was rearranged the night before the event. 
comes at Chimaev, miss weight by eight pounds, meaning the final three fights of the card got turned upside down. Donna Corby is an Irish rider for Mirror Fighting, and he joins us on the line now to talk about what seems like the craziest weekend in mixed martial arts history. Morning, Donna. How are you, mate? Appreciate it. Oh, morning. Great to, great to be on with you guys. I was a, um, I was a big fan of Izzy's when he was playing. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. There's, I don't appreciate what your, your Irish are doing to the All Blacks as a late, mate. Uh, so can you just tell yeah. them to calm down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I'll, I'll tell them to chill by, by World Cup time. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, appreciate you coming on. Hey, let's start from the beginning. Can you just run us through this week and and what's unfolded? I was talking earlier. I, I don't know. It was a, it was a weird old card to watch because just what all unfolded and I, I felt like um, Chimaez and what he was able to do is just well, he's ruined his credibility. But also, the, I think the UFC the mate, the card was kind of ruined from from the outset. You feel? Well, look the. If, if you want me to go all the way back to when this card was first put together a few weeks ago, and by the way, this was a hastily put together card. Um, basically, mm. Nate Diaz had one fight left on his UFC deal. Now, my sources have indicated to me as, le- as long ago as December last year, before that, November last year, that Jake has something of a, a little bit less than a handshake agreement with Nate. Jake Paul has a handshake agreement that he's going to fight Nate Diaz in a boxing match. And the UFC don't want that. They want Nate to be either with them or they want him to be devalued enough that he's not going to go and help out someone like Jake because they've just had Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley go over and, and sort of do the, do the honours and help Jake out. And they, they don't want this Jake Paul thing to work out. So their plan was, if Nate re-signs with us, we'll give him a favourable matchup and we'll let him fight Conor McGregor next year. If he doesn't re-sign with us, we're putting him in with Chemaev, who's going to not only beat him, but beat him so soundly that any casual fan would think, oh, this guy's past it, he's crap. Sorry, excuse my friend. He's, he's, he's oh. past it, he's not great. And yeah. <laughs> that was the plan. Didn't work out. And uh, Shemayev missed the weight. They turned it around. And Nate Diaz leaves, with, uh, Nate Diaz leaves on top and with his, his, uh, his worth absolutely intact. And he's, um, he's, he's a, a, as big a star as ever. Great victory. And, um, and Shemayev as well doesn't like... Look, he absolutely needed to do the business against Kevin Holland to keep any sort of uh, semblance of, like you say, credibility. And he did just that. He, he did uh, he did fantastically with what he could. You know, I, I, I'm not impressed with Tumayev lately, but uh, it you can't say anything about how good his performance was. What, what's, your, what's your take on this whole Dana White and the UFC and the way that they're trying to control the athletes? You know, by, by the sounds of it, the setup. Of you know making a great fighter like Nate Diaz look like he's over the hill when he wants to try and get out and make as much uh, hay while the sun shines while he can, and it backfires on Dana White. What 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 are your thoughts are on all the fighters and the way that Dana White handles all of the all of these uh, big occasions? Well, look, there's there's a little bit of kind of historic precedent for it, but really this Diaz situation was so strange because. He's one of these guys who really the wins and losses don't matter. I think he's got, like, his, his record is essentially for every two fights he wins, he loses one. So he's, like, he's not, not exactly 50-50, but, you know, he's, he's, not a, he's not the kind of guy who wins um, all that regularly. And, uh, like, he's only fought since he beat McGregor. He's fought once he lost to McGregor. Then he had three years off. He beat Anthony Pettis, and he lost to Masvidal. 
another two years off after that. And he lost to Leon Edwards. But still, you're having me on here to talk about him. He's still a huge name. And uh, I think that the UFC prefer for the name value to be in their business, kind of like WWE, where, you know, when WWE comes to town, people will buy the tickets because, oh, there's going to be wrestling. It's not necessarily that they love whoever the wrestler is. And I think the UFC prefer that as well. Like, they were in London twice this year, sold out before they even announced the main event. So it's not that, you know, I, I believe that the first main event was... Um, it was Tom Aspinall. The second minute, it was also Tom Aspinall, actually. And it's like, you know, Tom Aspinall's great and everything, but he's not the name on the marquee. The UFC is the name. And I think that uh, they want to keep the fighters well-known, but also they want to keep their brand strong. And, you know, if, if Nate goes out now and he's, he's got free agency, so he can go and box against someone like Jake Paul, make a load of money. He can go and uh, go to Bellator, go to PFL, whatever other organizations there are. So I think they just want to kind of keep their monopoly going because that monopoly has been very favorable to them. You know, if you look at boxing, boxing promoters are, aren't able to get the big fights to happen. Dana White can pretty much force the big fights through because there's no other option. You know, they, they can't go to, to other promotions and make that kind of money. So I think that uh, it's all about just maintaining that monopoly. Yeah, I think he's already uh, made his bed as old Nate Diaz. I think he's going to have a fight with uh, Jake Paul because I follow Jake Paul on Instagram, seen his little story. I wonder who he's going to fight. So it's all making sense now. <laughs> hey, quickly, just on the Chimaev uh, missing his weight by eight, eight pounds. What, what, what do you take on that? Was that on purpose? Uh, obviously, there's a lot of a lot of mis- uh, love hate there with um, Kevin Holland and and the start of that mm-hmm. fight, mate. Like. It was crazy, and Kevin Holland, he made the biggest mistake by trying to put his hand up to, to be all friendly there, and it ruined him in the end. No, look, uh, this Chimaev this, and Holland rivalry has been ongoing for a long, long, long time. They got to settle it on, on short notice. You've got to give a huge amount of credit to Kevin Holland. I mean, he was going in mm. with, uh, with Rodriguez, who ended up fighting Lee Jinglang. By the way, the most credit has to go to Lee Jinglang, taking on a, a much more difficult opponent in on a day's notice who was 10 pounds heavier like tony ferguson for all intents and purposes was a guaranteed win for whoever fought him in terms of his record and how he's gone i'm not saying that he had no chance but i'm saying that i thought Li Lang was definitely going to beat him i think i i always thought nate diaz was going to beat him but in terms of chumayev and um and and holland i thought that yeah look he he probably did come like look he says he was told by a medical professional at four in the morning to stop weight cutting I don't know about that. I mean, his behavior throughout the week was, was crazy anyway, between the, the brawl at the press conference that caused him to cancel the event to then stopping weight cutting to then showing up to the weight and uh, showing up to the weigh in and not showing any remorse for being, uh, by the way, over half a stone over the weight. Like, that's a lot of weight to be over. And, you know, flipping the middle finger and all this stuff is just very disrespectful. And, um, yeah, I think. Uh, Jemaya's got a lot of work to do now to kind of get the fans back on side. Unless he fancies being, you know, a bad guy that they boo all the time. Oh, is someone's <laughs> trying to take McGregor's title, I guess, and pick up some more of that cash. <laughs> um, what about what about uh, the fight between uh, Diaz and Tony Ferguson? He hasn't had a win since 2019, Tony Ferguson against Cerrone. Is it about time he hung his boots up? It, it does seem that way, doesn't it? I mean, he, he's moved up in the, the weight. Um, didn't he, he looked he, the thing is he, he hasn't looked off and he keeps fighting really good guys I mean Nate Diaz was I think a, a marked step down in terms of the opposition he's been facing you know um like he's he's, he's fought some, some very good guys Benio Dariush obviously Justin Gaethje 
um, Charles Oliveira, who became you know world champion. I believe Darius might be world champion eventually when when he gets his opportunity. So you know, Diaz was a big step down in terms of opponents. Li Jingliang would have been a, a, a decent test for him, but really, if you fancy yourself, with all due respect to, to Nate Diaz, who's you know a great fighter, if you fancy yourself as someone who's at the top level at welterweight or lightweight in the UFC, you should probably be beating Nate Diaz. And he really didn't look super close to that. So I think um, it may possibly be time for Tony to hang up the gloves, yeah. Yeah, he was wearing his singlet. And I thought, yeah, maybe because Conor McGregor got to him when he was uh, mocking his body shape. I was like, mate, leave me alone. He's in good <laughs> nick compared to, compared to me right now. Anyway, I'll, I'll take that body any day. <laughs> Quickly, just, just before we, <laughs> we move on. Li Jing, I watched that fight. I thought he got the job done. I thought he got the job done over D-Rod, and they've come out and just flipped the script and gave it to D-Rod. Even D-Rod, when, he, when, the, when it was announced, he was like, wow, he actually swore and just couldn't quite believe he could see it on his face. So do you think the judges got it right there? Well, look, you, you and Dana White both, right? Both thought that, uh, that the fight went mm. that way. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I was, I was uh, double-jobbing watching it. I had the, uh, the YouTube boxing on one screen and the UFC on the other. Um, there, there was a big YouTube boxing fight on in LA last night that I was covering. But from what I saw, Jing Liang did seem, like you say, to have done enough. You know, he, he's uh, he's had a rough out goal, but I think that he probably deserved a little bit better last night. After you know, like he, he, he there was the, there was like a meme in the MMA community when the press conference got cancelled. He was just about to go on stage. He bought this new beautiful suit, this blue like amazing looking suit, and he didn't get to show it off to anyone. And then he had his fight changed. Like I say a very favourable matchup against Tony Ferguson, and now all of a sudden he faced D-Rod, 10 pounds heavier, and uh, yeah, he deserved a whole lot better, and I hope he got paid very well, because he's um, he's a real talent, and he's done he's done brilliantly. Yeah, I thought he got it done, 100%, I reckon he got that done, and he got shafted in the end. Okay, quickly, before we let you go, Jemayev, where does Jemayev fight? What weight division does he fight out of, and can anyone stop him? Yeah, I think loads of people can stop him, to be honest. I think that um, he's a little tiny bit on the overrated side. Uh, I, I think he's good, but I thought Gilbert Burns gave a very good showing against him. So there are people at 170 who can beat him. There are certainly people at 185 who can beat him. I think Kobe Covington beats him. I think Kamara Usman beats him. I think Leon Edwards gives him a very good fight. I'm not sure on that one. I think Israel Adesanya probably beats him. I think he probably would get through Pereira. Evidently, he seems to do very well in firing against Sean Strickland. So I guess his best bet is probably to go up to 85. I think if you look at it, the 170 division is going to be tied up for a while. They're talking about making Leon Edwards fight um, Kamara Usman in Wembley Stadium, which would mean waiting until next summer, until the, the weather is good enough, or at least April is the time when you can do stadium fights in the UK. So like that would mean that division is on hold until he wouldn't get a shot to the end of next year. So... Yeah, go up to 185. Adesanya is very active. And uh, I think Adesanya is going to beat Pereira, by the way, in, in the middleweight title fight in November. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think he, his best bet is to go up to 85, get himself one more good win, no more controversy, make the 85 weight, and, uh, and go and earn himself a, a shot at Adesanya if he beats uh, Pereira. Ooh, that's going to be a doozy because of what's unfolded with <laughs> Pereira over the last but couple your guy, of videos. Your guy Adesanya, by the way, as well, yeah. Yeah, man, we're we're right behind Izzy over here. But all the all the all the video footage coming out because the only one that's ever beaten him is Pereira, and uh, we don't want that to yep. happen, mate. So hopefully you're right. No. Hopefully you're right, Donna. We appreciate you coming on the show, 
and sharing your insights on the UFC card 279 and what unfolded, mate. Appreciate Thank it. Thank me. you so much. And go the All Blacks, eh? No, 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 not that. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly got Great you, eh? Nearly got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cheers, <God>. mate. <laughs> Cheers. Have a good one. Cheers, man. Oh, there he is. Very oh, good, that is he? Talking. <laughs> Very good, is he? <laughs> Last night, during the NRL between the Souths and the Roosters, the Battle of Sydney, there was a cricket game being played. There was a cricket game being played between the Black Caps and Australia. Trying to salvage some pride was our Black Caps up against the Aussies. And, well, they just couldn't quite get it done. So we're just going to play you a few of the highlights if you missed it. Hazelwood to Allen. A bouncer. Pull Four away. Runs. Oh, he's got some confidence as this kid. This one has uh, Codway heading up. Ashley to the gully and taken. What a catch by Steve Smith. Bowls again, and Allen comes down the wick and launches him over the rope without any fuss. Here's uh, a chance, and Madon taken, it's stuck in the canvas, and it's ballooned high off Ben Allen's bat. Dab it once more. He gets his length wrong here, we'll forgive him that, and it's nicely played by Williamson. That is classic Kane Williamson. Zampa coming down, inside oh, end, between the no. legs of Latham. Bales taken off, sharp work from Carey behind the stumps. High over the bowler's head, over long off. One bounce, four. Hazelwood bangs this one up, pull straight, that's gone straight up, it's to point. Smith's lining this up, and the wicket falls. Cutting is Phillips through point, they're going to come back. Oh no! And inexplicably, a run out has ensued. Here's Phillips on 13, waiting for Stark. Go short, over... Extra cover, Phillips. Oh, my Lord. That is a rocket launcher. Nisham tries to hit down the ground. He's dragged it, I think, to long on. Lighting this one up and taking the catch. Steve Smith has him. To Phillip backing away and going inside out, up over cover again. Six again. And again, he's hit a six. 50-run partnership between these two. It's worth 51 to be exact. 44 needed oh, of 27. Here go, Here's a towering blow to Square Leg. Square Leg coming in on the fence. Takes the catch, throws it up, keeps himself in the field of play, and pouches it. Consultants. I've sent the text to Ricky Ponting already. I said Grant's available. Loves a junket, does Grant. Here is Santa heading high over long off. Has he got enough? No, I don't think so. Taken. Green takes it waist height. Just moved around comfortably. Santa goes for 30. Shake of the head next to me from Grant Elliott, New Zealand now. Out of the running, you would think. Eight for two, three, one. Stark bowls a Yorker and bold leg stump sent backwards. It went between the two black boots. As Ferguson was a long way across his stumps, and Stark, as he's done to far better players than Lockie Ferguson over the years, hits the timber. Yeah, he's quite useful at that. Here is Stark. See if he repeats the dose. Stepping away and hitting over extra cover, but he's got to be caught. Taken. Lavashay comes in. He's been good on the outfit all game, and he's gobbled that one up. It wasn't an easy catch, sprinting in from the extra cover fence. He slides and he takes it. Stark goes bang, bang to finish this one. And Australia sweep away the Black Caps. And Aaron Finch and his side will go out winners, drawing an end to a fine international career for him. But Australia, too big, too strong, too everything.
as New Zealand are bowled out for 242. Australia win by 25 runs. Yes, New Zealand bowled out for 242 on a wicket that Steve Smith showed if you if you determined and you can apply yourself and just get yourself in anything possible. We had some starts there, Kempi, where Glenn Phillips was 47, Nisham 36, Finn Allen coming in for Martin Guptill and putting in a solid 35. But just in the end, decision making, the run outs, Kane Williamson getting run outs and he was fuming in the second ODI actually. He was a bit touch and go there with Devin Conway. Mate, it's just yeah, dominated again, 242 all out, only chasing 267 and 50 overs. <sighs> Run of about 5.2 and over, really easy. Probably quite achievable on a wicket that Steve Mishon, Steve Smith shown was anything possible. But, mate, the Black Caps just can't quite get it over Australia. We talk about it. They are our kryptonite at the moment, and they've just got something in the head. How are we going to change it? Mate, are you happy with the changes, though? you got Finn Allen coming in and adding some, some punch at the top border? Yeah, look, I, I'm, uh, I think the changes, I asked that last week, whether or not changes need mm. to be made. I know a lot of people are actually calling for Kane Williamson to step down as captain, too. Um, just like uh, Finch, maybe the, the, the weight of um, public public voices is going to make some changes in that one. If they keep continue to lose that, um, that former cricket, then some, you know, probably need some changes at leadership. You know what I mean? Because mm. you have to find some ways of winning. The, I just don't want to wake up Friday morning and have to talk about the Australians beating us in the Bledisloe, mate. You know, we've, we've lost the sevens, we lost the cricket, and we've got the Bledisloe coming up. And I'd like to get up and say, yep, we've got this one. We've got this <laughs> one in the bag. <laughs> well, hopefully we could do that, Kimpy. Kane Williamson, oh, look, I, I don't think he's too far away, Kimpy. I, I think he's... You, you can see he's frustrated, uh, obviously, with himself. He probably hasn't got the runs he, he was needed, but um, he's obviously frustrated with his uh, fellow countrymen too with just the cheap dismissals that they are allowing Australia. Like, they are fighting to get a, a start, but then they just throw their wicket away with some silly option-taking, and look, they, they had they had, op- they had opportunity there to, to beat Australia, and they just couldn't quite get it done in the end. you got Mitchell Stark, who bowled extremely well this series, I must say, a guy that was under so much pressure not so long ago, six months ago, people were asking him to step down, and he's come in and and, and uh, showed that if you if you bite your teeth and you can go through those tough times, you can come out the other side. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the Black Caps go now. They have the T20 World Cup coming up shortly, and it is in Australia. It is in Australia, so we need to do something relatively quick to change our fortune across the ditch because what unfolded there was not good watching so australia beating the black caps three zip in the odi but dan mccarty and you got granny out there doing a great job on scnz calling all the action but hey you can always rely on the girls to get up after a sunday session and answer their phones us blokes we've got a lot to learn because i'll tell you what i would have missed this call so i appreciate our next guest coming on title town was once again pumping on saturday as canterbury Put on a clinic at home in the Farah Palmer Cup final. Kendra Coxedge was farewelled in a suit, in suitable fashion as her team claimed their fifth title in six years with a dominant display in the second half against Auckland. There were plenty of players who stepped up for the big occasion, including Amy Duplessis, who is on the line with us now. Morning, Amy. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Morning, Izzy. Thank you so much. Oh, I can hear it in the voice. It's been a big one. <laughs> Thank you so <laughs> Thank you so much for, for taking the call. I really appreciate it. Um, how's it all been? How's the last couple of days been? Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. Um, we've had an awesome season, so it was really cool to um, put on a performance like we did and um, celebrate well with the girls. So, yeah, it's been a really fun weekend. Hey, Amy, you, you must be happy with your Ford pack. They put on a clinic. They hung in there in the first half to give you a, a nice little lead, but that second half was so dominating. Oh, they played amazing. Um, I think they've been really good all season. Um, something that we've probably lacked in the um, past has been our physicality as a Ford pack. Um, but this year they've really stood up, and, yeah, they showed that in the final. I saw I saw the final and, and I saw you getting a lot of gains around when you were playing off the edge and you were hitting around the midfield and you had Chelsea Bremner um, getting nice little tips tip balls. Is that something you you analyse from um, Auckland? They're just offering a little bit of space in the middle of the park. Yeah, I mean we do preview them, but it wasn't something mm. we. Oh, yeah, no, it was something we did um, preview. But I think just um, the girls, you know, were just looking up and finding the space. Um, on the day, but yeah, it's definitely something we did preview and um, we wanted to attack. What about your game, Amy? Oh, I've been really impressed. Like both sides of the ball, you you're so good with ball in hand. Your your first instinct's always to run, and then you set up your outside, so that's great for a centre. But defensively, like your work rate, you must be really happy with where you're at at the moment. Yeah, no, I've um, been really proud of my performances this season, um, but. You know, I've got a team that can really help me do that and a great coaching staff that help me, um, enable me to be the best I can be. So, yeah, really proud. Um, but, yeah, I couldn't do it without my team. Kendra's game, you know, she scored that intercept try and <laughs> snuck around the back of the ruck and, and they threw it directly <laughs> into her bread basket. Have you, have you thought about talking her out of retirement? <laughs> Trust me, we all have. Um, you know, she's at the top of her game. Um, she played amazing yesterday, but uh, sorry Saturday. But you know, I think it's really cool that she can leave on a high. So good on her, and you know, she wants to go and do other things with her life. So we're back her all the way. But yeah, she'll be missed. What's she like? What's she like behind the scenes? Like I know Ken, she comes here and pays me out and rips into me. So I can't imagine what she's like in the uh, in, in, in the team in the side. Yeah. Oh, she's oh, a bloody nuisance sometimes. Trust me, we're. When she did announce her retirement, some of us were a little bit happy and some of us were a little bit sad. Um, nah, I'm mm. kidding. Nah, she's an awesome girl. Um, she's really competitive. And, um, but, yeah, she's really respected in our environment. So, yeah, she's a good sort. So, Amy, I won't, I won't hold you long. I feel bad waking you up on, on your, after your big Sunday. But quickly, <laughs> we, know you, we, know, we know you moved here when you were young from South Africa and, and to... to do you ever think about the journey that you've been on and to see where you're at right now? Like, your family must be extremely proud. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think I do sometimes reflect and I just wonder, you know, if I wasn't in New Zealand, like, what I'd be doing and I definitely wouldn't be playing rugby. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty special that I'm here and, you know, representing my country and, yeah, my family is so proud of me. Um, you know, it does suck that I can't, you know, be with my family in South Africa and they can't see me, you know, play rugby and things, mm. but... Yeah, it's truly grateful to be over here and, um, yeah, love it. Well, we, we're your family and we love watching you. You've got some skills, girl. Love watching that sure. out there on the football field. Hey, just so, I just Thank want to ask you. you one more question. Who's your New Zealand idol in your team? Who's, the, who's like the one with the best voice that you just go, come on, can you sing us a song, please? 
Oh my goodness, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> do you mean as a singer or as a as a rugby player? I don't know. I heard some voices on that bus yesterday. Kendra sent me a video, and I was like, "Wow, there's some there's some good ones, but there's some horrible ones." <laughs> well, I tell you what, um, Tony Christie, he's a pretty good singer. Um, he's our backs coach. You should interview him one day and get him to sing a song. He's not too bad. Oh. Well, it sounds like you've been singing all night, so we'll let you go, okay? We appreciate you coming yeah, thank on you. and talking, Here's my voice, talking about it. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Hey, all the best, too, going forward. I know you, uh, a big competition coming up at the end of the year, and I'm predicting that you're going to play a big part in that team for the for the Black Ferns. Thank you so much, Amy, and, and all well done on Saturday. I'm extremely proud, and, and you girls got it done, so congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. We are going to rip into some horse racing chat because it was a big meeting on Saturday at Hastings, Kempeat. Yep, we've got the legend on the line, Lance Sullivan, Group 1 racing mates, returned to New Zealand as Dark Destroyer came out and just won the Tarzino Trophy. How good. Trainer Lance Sullivan is with us this morning to explain why his daughter, Caitlin, didn't tip the four-year-old old to, uh, out to us on Friday. Morning, Lance. How are you, mate? Uh, good morning, gents. Yeah, um, actually, I'm in Melbourne at the moment. Uh, pretty uh, cold, brisk morning over here. We've got a horse running over here. But actually, uh, with Caitlin um, tipping the horse the other day, we thought he was a chance to run in the first three or four. Of course, you know, the, the, the two hot pots look like, um, you know, they're going to be pretty hard to beat. But as we all know, the wet ground is a great leveller. Mate, what, what, what was so good about the, the wet, that, that dark straw? I just think back to Brisbane last year when it just came out of nowhere and won really well over there in horrible conditions. Just loves the, the muggy, muddy, soft ground, does it? Yeah, there's some horses just get through it and, and others don't, you know, and he's, he, look, he's, he's adaptable. To be fair to the horse, he's not just a, uh, he's not just a wet tracker. Uh, you know, on top of the ground, he can perform as well. But, you know, he just gets through it better than most. He keeps going. He's got great stamina, can um, can maintain a long, a long sustained run. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's just one of those tough horses. And he's sort of got the action of a horse that really gets through it. So, you know, they're all different. You know, you, you get those horses that are daisy clippers. They certainly struggle in those sort of conditions. But... Uh, He's one that he's just um, he's pretty happy in all conditions. Yeah, he flew he flew home, Lance. What what's the plans? What's what what have you got set uh, him set for this year? Well, look, look I you know of, of course you know the um, David Arch has a big input as to where they race. It's the horse's owner, but um, my understanding is that, that uh, the he would certainly contest the first two at Hastings, and of course then it would be up to David to make that decision where to from there. But um, that's the plan, and uh, of, of course, you know, we Andrew and I actually thought that he'd be better off once we were going a little bit further, running the the mile and the two thousand. We thought that's where he'd be pretty competitive. So, uh, you know, of course, Saturday's win was was very much a bonus. You've had Sam Whitley on top of Dark Destroyer before, but Lisa Allpress getting the job done on the weekend. Maybe but extremely proud of how she rode Dark Destroyer. What was the tactic going into that? Oh look, he he was just a horse. You know, if you ride him ride him quiet, you know, we've sort of made made the mistake in the past where we've sort of gone forward on him, and uh, you know he's not the same. But if you sort of let him let him settle, especially uh, in the shorter distance races, let let him settle, give him his chance, and let him come up, come up underneath. And look, she uh, you know she rode the horse to right to the tee. You know, she couldn't have done a better job. And um, 
you know, it's just, just uh, a good reward for her. I think, you know, she's been one of those jockeys around for a long time, a great toiler, and, uh, yeah, good to see her pick up a group one. Yeah, it was a beautiful ride, mate. Quickly, Caitlin, come on, and she tipped out, son of a butcher. And we all took it for a place and stormed home. I thought it would have got the job done if it didn't have to weave through some other hook uh, horses there. But, mate, you must be happy with how son of a butcher ran. Yeah, he ran, he ran really well. You know, you always get those horses, and when they're sort of making it run on the straight, when they sort of angle in, uh, it's like if you're, well, you boys know, you're sporting sporting legends and you step off the wrong foot and you don't it quicker the same and it was a little bit like that for him you know he was sort of mm. um you know when you angle in uh you know you're sort of coming back onto the leg you're already on you sort of should come out i'm not saying he would have won but um the horse would have run a bit closer but he certainly ran well and he's a horse that really likes the course up there at ruakaka and he always performs well there yeah, we had plenty of people texting me anyway on, on Saturday when he ran for that place because everyone jumped on him at place money. That was really good place money. Hey, Lance, what do you got that you're pretty excited about this spring? Oh, look, I, I think, you know, we're over here in, in Melbourne with Dragon, Dragon Leap and, you know, the, the, uh, the company over here. Okay, so it's a long way stronger than what we'll meet back at home. But we made the call with him to come, to come here because of the tracking distance back home and, it's turned out to be a pretty good call. Um, and he would have com- competed in that race on the weekend. We probably wouldn't have run him. When the track conditions came up like that, he probably would have stayed at home in his box. But he's here. But as you, as, as you saw on the weekend, you know, you're running against some very, very good horses over here. Uh, we're happy with them. He'll run this coming weekend. Uh, look, we've got a four-year-old mare called Carmen Line. Now, Andrew and I got a very high opinion of her. Look, she's only a one-win horse, uh, one-win mare. But... Um, you know, I think long term, you know, she certainly could could go to the next level. Dragon Leap, I've seen it run a third not too long ago, so you must be happy with how that's going. You, you reckon it could push those Aussies on the weekend? Because look at that Iron Thunderstruck. Wow, what about that horse? Yeah, yeah look, he, 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 ran, he ran fourth his first up in the Memsies, and, mm. and uh, that was behind. In fact, uh, on Thunderstruck ran second in that race. Uh, he won't meet any of those horses because that was under weight for age conditions where he carried 59 kilos. But he'll drop back now to a handicap race, uh, which is where his rating, rating puts him. And he carries, I understand, this weekend 54 kilos. So it certainly gives him a good chance. And, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty happy with him. You know, the horse is going well. Beautiful, mate. Oh, we appreciate you coming on, Lance. Some of you sound like you're. What are you doing? You're the morning stroll, are you? <laughs> I'm just. I'm following the horse back. He's just. He's just working. I'm. I'm walking actually back up through a tunnel. I thought I was going to lose you guys. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. So now I'm not out on my morning stroll, but I'm. Uh, yeah, trying to keep up. Oh, beautiful, mate. We'll let you go, Lance. <laughs> yeah. Che- che- cheers, he's... guys. Take care. We appreciate it. Well done. Well done on Tarzino. Congratulations to you and Andrew Scott. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, there you go. Dragon Leap going over in Australia. And Carmen Lyon, a mare that has won once before a few ones out of the Scott Good and O'Sullivan tips. stable that we could be looking into. And son of a butcher. Yeah, maybe it just towards the end there, it just really picked up pace. And he spoke about that the technical side of the horse, how they're running and, you know, angling in and things like that, which was quite weird mm. to hear, but... Pretty on the money there, can be. Yeah, like driving a driving a race car, isn't it? They're sitting on them mm. big big V eight, that horse there. I, I think it, it was a good question you had too for about Lisa Allpress. Uh, that was such a lovely ride. Yeah, so, you know, the to get that horse home and the uh, 
in the Tarzino. Man, he'd be the, the boys would be really happy about that. So, mate, I think Dragon Leap this weekend. You know, going back down, losing a bit of losing a bit of weight to carry is probably worth a look at. Is he? Mm, mm, Dragon Leap might 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 get my uh, my fifty cents there, Kempi. Might get my fifty cents after I, all it takes is a conversation with a trainer or a jockey, and I'm in. You and know, he, so and he <laughs> said we're very happy with him. We're very happy. Yeah, he's. T- He's talked me into it, and if anyone knows, they're up before us, Kimpy, and that's uh, only a select few do that. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.